0: Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, church. Uh, if, you, if you didn't notice, this venue is a little different from our venue over on 12,000 Starcross, uh, For those of you who are wondering, we won't be here next Sunday, so if you show up... We'll be, back, we'll be back home. But nevertheless, we're honored that we get to spend uh, two services here today. Uh, some have asked, "Why did we do that? Why did we come to the Tobin?" And my response was, "Why not? Number one: uh, Number two, uh, we were doing upwards of six services in our other venue. And uh, how many of you know that that two is a little less strenuous than six is? and we get to be together in, a, in an amazing venue and people get to see each other more and cross paths together, and it's just a wonderful opportunity. So, um, again, can we just give a round of applause for everyone who served to make this happen? Our team, our staff, everyone serving today, behind the scenes, backstage, kids areas. There's so much prep that's gone in. Your kids are going home with lots of sugar. I apologize. I tried to vote it down, they voted me out. That's the way it goes, your kids will be pumped up with sugar and Easter baskets and all that good stuff. But uh, it's great to be here this morning for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Just a few days ago, we recognized that Jesus was crucified and hung upon a cross, and he drew his last breath. And as he drew his last breath, he uttered the words, it is finished. It is finished, thereby declaring for all of time that the mission For what he was assigned, that which he came to accomplish, was now complete. He'd done the work God had called him to do. And today, along with millions of people, people from different nations, people of different colors, different backgrounds, different upbringings, different parts of the world, today, a holy day, we're celebrating his resurrection. And we remember those words, it is finished. But we also recognize three other words. Three incredibly important words that make this day possible. And those are the words, He is risen. He is risen. These are words that reveal a new reality for those who believe. For people all across the earth. Words that give hope to us in this life, in the here and now. Not just life in the next. Words that inspire us to live for a cause that's greater than our own ambitions, greater than our own dreams, greater than our own goals. These words, he has risen, inspire us to live a life of purpose, a life that overcomes, a life that can meet difficulty and still engage with life, not being crushed by life. Because we see that Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. Words that were spoken about Jesus as the tomb that he was laid to rest in was found to be empty. Words that declare that because Jesus is alive, death is not final, suffering is not permanent, and the pain and the sorrow sorrow that we experience in this life is only a chapter in our story. Three words that articulate and encapsulate the most powerful word, Of the human language, the word love. That word stretches all across the world. It means different things to different people. In fact, it's a a word that I believe that we overuse at times and undervalue because we love Whataburger. Amen? Amen? We love coffee. Amen? Notice there was more Whataburger amens than there were coffee amens. That's how you know you're in Texas. Come on, every time there's a burger going up for construction, you know as a Christian, you just, it's God's will that you extend your hand in faith and just say, Lord, let it be risen in Jesus' name as fast as possible. Protect all construction workers, God. Let it meet budget. Let it be under budget in Jesus' name. Why? Because we know the Lord loves Whataburger as well. But we love our sports teams. We love... Our shoes, we love our favorite stores, we love our favorite channels, we love our favorite shows, we love, love, love pizza, and we love uh, this, and we love that. We, We have plenty of things that we declare that we love. But love is so much more than how we feel about things and people that we admire. Love is what Jesus showed us through him living a sinless life and offering his life on the cross for our sinful lives so that we could experience life in Him. See, I believe that if we don't understand what God's love is, if we don't get a firm grasp on that, then we spend so much of our lives trying to get love from other things and other people, other moments in life, other experiences in life, other goals, the next goal, the next thing. Maybe that will fill the void that I feel when it comes to the love that I don't feel today. We look for love in all kinds of different areas of life. And Easter Sunday is the worldwide recognition and celebration of love that's shown to us in three specific ways and three characteristics that I want to talk about this morning. We see these things in the final moments and in the final days of Jesus' life. Three characteristics of love. Firstly, we see love expressed. That was his crucifixion. Secondly, we see love lost. That was his death. And thirdly, we see love realized. That's his resurrection. Firstly, I want to talk about love expressed. Love is expressed in different ways by different people. But through Jesus and what he did on the cross, it's the greatest expression in the history of love. Love was expressed by Jesus. I tried to think this week, what was the first time that I ever remember an experience of someone else expressing love? And, and, and aside from my parents, I, I grew up with loving parents, and I, and I remember I was in a loving home, but I tried to think outside of my immediate family and outside of my, my home where there was an expression of love, what was the first time that I actually was consciously aware and recognized love? And as I thought about it, I remembered I was about four or five years old, And I realized that it was from someone else, and it was through the act of giving. Love was expressed from someone else that I didn't really know that well, and it was through the act, the generous act of giving. See, I I have this vivid memory of being about four or five years old, and I know that because we moved away from this house when I was six years old, so this had to happen a year or two before within that time frame. But this was in Houston, Texas, we're God's chosen team, the Houston, Texas. <laughs> Rule and reign in Texas. And there was a next-door neighbor, and his name was Steve. I brif- briefly remember his appearance and what he looked like, but at four or five years old, I have some vivid memories of interactions with him. And Steve had lost his wife to cancer a few years before. I, I don't know the extent to... Uh, how much suffering she went through or, or the whole story. All, all I know is that I remember hearing his former wife's name talked about in the past tense. She was talked about in a way where when people would speak about her, they would speak with sorrow. They would speak with grief about what Steve was going through what Steve had been through. And as time went on, I don't know how long, but as time went on, Steve had remarried. And he remarried someone named Kathy. And I have a vivid memory of Kathy because Kathy had auburn hair. I I remember, at least in my mind, I I think she had blue eyes, bright blue eyes. And I remember she had this this fair skin, and she had this smile that would just kind of like light up a room. Whenever she would smile, you could feel it around the room. And, and, And Kathy was there, Steve's new wife, and I remember going into their house one morning, and I guess this must have been Halloween because they offered me Jesus. I said Halloween and I guess Jesus doesn't want Halloween today. He's like, I've tried to tell y'all about Halloween for years, but y'all don't listen. Welcome to Grace Avenue, that's how we handle problems, with humor. I remember going into the house, it must have been, you know, that holiday, I'm not going to say it again, that holiday, and there was a giant bowl of candy. And she offered me this candy, and then there was also a glass jar of candy corn. Anybody like candy corn or used to like candy corn? I'm trying to figure out where did candy corn get invented. I, I just have to assume that someone was working at a candle wax factory and was scraping up this, this stuff and then started dyeing it and, say, and tasted it and said, you know, if we add sugar to this, we could make some money off of this. But I remember... She offered candy corn and this this bowl of candy, and I just, I didn't know what to choose, so I I reached over and I I stuck my hand in in the jar of candy corn, but I only took a few. I I was intimidated to to take a lot, so I just took a few. And, And Kathy, with this expression, this smile, just said, please, please, take as much as you want. Take all that you want. And I remember just thinking, I don't get this kind of treatment at my house next door. I better capitalize on this moment. I better make something of this. I wonder if these people have a spare room that I can rent from them. Moving costs would be simple. It's literally transferring my pillow and my stuffed animals 20 yards over. This could be a good deal. So she said, take some more, take some more. And with the strength of God, I reached into that jar. And I grasped as much candy corn as I could. And I remember I was pulling my hand out and... The candy corn was slipping out of my hands as I was trying to make it through the jar. That's how much. And I remember just putting it in my pocket and saying, "Jesus is alive." No, I don't say that. But I certainly felt the goodness of God in that moment. And as simple as that story is about my childhood, and as funny as it is, and all seriousness, it's, it's a direct reflection, in many ways, of the love that Jesus has shown us through His act of giving. Because here we are as human beings, working so hard to find love and to get love, and yet Jesus is offering us all the love that we can take, saying, take more, take as much as you want. i found myself in life looking for love from different things and different seasons and different experiences. As we all grow up, we realize certain things don't bring us the joy and the satisfaction and the pleasure, and they don't have the permanence that we think that they do. And we find Jesus, or Jesus finds us. And the beauty of love is actually revealed to us because we see love was expressed. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And we know today God gave more, than candy corn to a five-year-old child. God gave his son, Jesus. Friends, that was love expressed. Within that same moment of Kathy giving me candy, I remember Steve off to the side smiling at all of this. I, I remember he was smiling and she was smiling. I felt the joy in the room. He was leaning against the bookshelf. She was sitting there on the couch. And they were both just so filled with this joy at my reaction to receiving. I wonder if that's how God feels as he smiles upon us receiving his love, receiving the love that he freely gives. See, I believe it is. Hebrews tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross, scorning its shame. Uh, Can you imagine for a second that Jesus says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He was on the cross enduring this. And for the joy that was set before him, he was dealing with the scorn and the shame and the pain and the sorrow. He did that. It says, for the joy, the joy that was set before him. You know, that joy set before him was you. That joy before him was me. That joy before him was our future and our purpose, and our destiny, and our lives, and our children, and our dreams, and the things he's put on the inside of us. For the joy set before him, God saw further than the pain. God saw further than the pain and the circumstances of the moment. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but He died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. See, Jesus expressed his love for us because he gave his one and only son. He gave his life for our sins. He gave his life for our brokenness. He gave his life for our mistakes, for our shame. What does that mean? That means that today, that no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you've done, no matter how far you've strayed from God, no matter how far or disconnected you feel from God, Jesus still gave his life for you. God never asked you to perform for him before he died for you. He never asked you to live a certain way first before he would receive you and love you. See, in our world, that's what we embrace. People have to do good by us before we do good by them. People have to treat us well before we treat them well. People have to be good in our eyes politically, racially. The way we treat our neighbors, the way they treat us, we, we put people on a scale of whether or not they're deserving of our love. Jesus never did that for you and I. Jesus accepted us. Every color, every nation, every background, every past, every broken part of our life. He received us and he loved us unconditionally. Today, I don't know where you are in your life specifically. You may be in a place where maybe you don't forgive yourself. Maybe love expressed for you. Maybe this is just not a reality for you because you're used to love being expressed only when you've expressed something back that you feel is worthwhile. Can I tell you this morning that God's love is worthwhile? And that love expressed is what he's trying to show us through his acts and his death on the cross. Through his death, he declares for you and for me that we're forgiven. We're forgiven. You know, the second way in which Jesus shows us love or we see love through his life and through these final moments of his life is through the act of love lost. Love lost, which is his death. You know, I mentioned earlier that what I remember about that moment in in Kathy's living room is that it's the first time and it's the only time I remember our neighbor Steve smiling. It's when he was giving. The other memories that I have of him, not a lot, but a handful there are always of him in his backyard watering his plants, watering his grass. He was watering with a water hose by hand, not sprinklers, in case anybody from Saws is here. He was watering, <laughs> he was always watering his grass. I remember a chain link fence in my backyard. I remember going up to it with a friend of mine. And a friend of mine, I remember at him asking Steve, Hey, Steve, where's your wife? But unintentionally, my friend called out the name of Steve's former wife who'd passed away. Steve had already remarried and my friend didn't know. He was a child. He he didn't understand this moment. So I'm I'm not sure what was going on in that moment, but I remember at five years old, I I felt the, the atmosphere shift and the uncomfortable weight of that moment. And I remember feeling like I needed to do something about it. I'm not sure why I felt this at five years old. Someday I'd like to ask God this, but, but why did I feel the heaviness and the weight of that moment as if I needed to step in at five years old? And I did. I, I turned to my friend and I said, no, no. His wife passed away. His new wife's name is Kathy. But by that time it was too late. Steve had already heard what we said. And Steve just kind of stood there, motionless and non-responsive, just kept watering his grass for another 20, 30 seconds and he slowly just kind of turned away, turned around turned the water off, put the hose up and went inside I don't know how I felt the weight of that moment but somehow I connected the dots that what Steve was feeling in that moment what Steve was experiencing in that moment was the feeling that love had been lost love that had died Love that was no longer present in his life. Love that Steve had known and no longer was a part of his future. I was too young to know how to, how to comfort someone in that moment or, or to know what to say or even attempt to say anything. I was a child. But I know now that if given the opportunity, I would have prayed these verses over his life or I would have, if given the opportunity, spoken them to him. Psalms 34, 18, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 46, 1 says God is our refuge and God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. I want you to think about that for just a second right now in your life where the trouble may reside. That God is a present help in the trouble that you're experiencing right now. He's not distant. He's closer than you think. And he's offering this love that he's expressed and he's saying to you and he's saying to me, take all that you want. See, in this broken world that we live in, love lost is a reality of life. We've all lost someone. We've all lost in, in certain endeavors that we've, we've reached out to accomplish, certain dreams, certain goals, certain things that we've hoped would work out, and they haven't. We've lost courage in certain seasons. We've lost boldness. We've lost faith. We've lost joy. See, love lost is a reality of life, and Jesus experienced that. We've all experienced that. I've experienced that, particularly the last few years. I never knew how much I could love a child of mine until I lost the child of mine. A couple of years ago, I never knew that I would have to fill out the death certificate of a child that was stillborn where I had to literally go through the act of preparation of his body and talking to people about burial and the process of that. Now, remember in those moments, in that season, and other difficulties that have happened just over the last few years, there's there's been these moments where I have felt, God, are you really for me? Are you really for me the way you say you're for me? Are you really going to pull me through the way I've been telling people that you're going to pull them through? And I've learned that through the journey of life, that the way I can... Experience love expressed is to experience love lost. To experience love lost. See, God the Father felt this with His only Son. He experienced love lost. Mary and the disciples experienced love lost. Friends and believers in Jesus, those who who knew Jesus, those who loved Jesus, those who had given up everything to follow Him, laid their lives down. We're now experiencing a man who said he was God, but also human, yet his physical body lay broken. It had to cause people to question themselves. It caused the disciples to scatter in fear. It caused people to say, is God really who he says he is? In Romans 8, chapter 38, the scripture brings us hope. And it gives us insight into understanding God's love. It says, For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, after the crucifixion, Love lost was a reality for those who followed Jesus because Jesus was not just an innocent man crucified. He was an innocent man who was killed and he was punished for our crimes that we did not even know yet that we would commit. He was love lost so that we could experience love found. Easter Sunday is about the resurrection of Jesus. It's about love realized. We can recognize through his expressed love and through his death that he did this for you and he did this for me. The definition of realized, to to realize something, is to become fully aware of something. To become fully aware of something as a fact. To understand clearly it begs us to ask the question today of ourselves. Do we understand clearly the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? Do we understand the love that was expressed and the love that was lost? And by God's Spirit, are we now awakening to love realized? Are we awakening to the love that's realized because of the resurrection of Jesus? You see, the beauty about this story is this, that before you could ever do anything for God, God did everything for you. But, but before you could ever be in a position where, where you could earn something in your own mind, some sort of goodness, something, to, to get God to be pleased with you, God sent his son and crucified him on a cross, a sacrifice once and for all so that we could be free, so that God could be pleased with us. So that it no longer meant you or me having to work our minds around how good we are, how bad we are, how much God loves us, does He not love us anymore, are we accepted, are we not accepted? Because God's love was never based on what we do, it's based on what Jesus did. Do you realize that this morning? That the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead enables us to have faith so much about this life so much about our future but more than anything else it tells us this that God is love and God tells us that his love is shown to us through this expression of Jesus who died and rose again you know God is still expressing his love today except Jesus is not on the cross anymore Jesus is not in the tomb. Scripture tells us that Jesus has ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of God and is cheering us on, saying, take more. Take more love that I'm offering you. Don't settle for what's in this world. Don't let this world rob you of what true love actually is. But that's how we are with God. We're we're so inclined to stick our hand in in the jar and just... Just take a little bit. Just take a little bit from God because we know our own lives. We we know we've messed up. We know the mistakes we've made. We know the the things we've done. We know where, where we've gotten it wrong. The beauty of Resurrection Sunday is that Jesus died for all of that and more. And for you, and the person next to you, and the person in front of you, and the person behind you, Jesus saved you because of his grace. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, For by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast. In other words, there's never a place or a time where you got good enough for God to love you. God loved you before you were good. God loved you when you were bad. God loved you when you got it right. God loved you when you got it wrong. That's the beauty of love expressed. Salvation is God's free gift to those who receive it. It's an expression of love that includes eternal life. But it's salvation. is something that has to be realized by your spirit. God God has to reach into your spirit, into your heart and, and draw you to himself so that you see the beauty of who Jesus is that it's not just some story, that it's not some fairy tale that it's not just something historical that it's not something to make people feel good that this is something that has come alive to change your life and to change the world around us maybe today some of you believe that in your own minds, you're disqualified from the love of God. You say, my, my mistakes are too great. My sins are too great. My life is too messed up. My choices have been too wrong. The path I, I left behind is full of all kinds of chaos and destruction. Can I tell you? God still expressed his love for you and loved you at your darkest. He loved you at your darkest. And he'll keep loving you through every high and every low season in your life. Romans chapter 5 says this, God shows his love for us that, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can, can you see today what I'm talking about? Can you realize even more how much God loves you. Maybe today the next step for you is to do what what I did as a little child, as a five-year-old child in Houston, Texas, is, is to just open your hand a little bit wider and just take more of the love of God than you think you deserve. Maybe this morning it's time to reach in and take the miracle that God is assigning to your life. Maybe it's time to to reach in and take the love that you don't think you deserve, but that God is saying, I know you deserve. Maybe today, that's God's heart and God's hope for you. Why? Because He's risen. He's risen from the dead. And He's alive today. This morning, we're celebrating a risen Savior question remains is, do you realize your need for Him? Have you been refreshed in your remembrance of your need for Him and all that He's done for you? What I'd love to do in this moment, be my greatest honor, the greatest joy of my life. We do this every week in Grace Avenue. Which we pray every single week for people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we believe that's where everything changes. We believe that's where hope begins. We believe that, that that's where the shift takes place. I, I don't know how in the heavenlies God God makes this work, but somehow, supernaturally, He changes a human heart and He brings a person, He says, into His family where they become a son or a daughter of the Most High God. We're not slaves walking around trying to please God, that, that from this day forward, when we receive the love of God, from the Father, we're His children. God wants you to belong to Him. Some of you this morning are walking around with the wrong identity—an identity that doesn't belong to you. It's an identity that you speak over yourself, and you've been walking in that so long. You identify more with your struggle than you do with your Savior. And today, God wants to shift that in your heart and in your mind and I believe right now as we pray God is going to set some of you free today some of you have needed freedom and today is the day where God is going to do that. church can we pray well Jesus I thank you that this morning we have the honor of celebrating your life right here in downtown San Antonio together with other people people from different walks of life, different backgrounds and upbringings, different experiences. But Lord, all of us are in need of your love and your grace. Oh Jesus, today my my prayer is for those this morning who don't yet know you, don't yet have a relationship with you or have strayed in their hearts, and their minds from you. Maybe walk down a path disconnected from you. Lord, today would you embrace and receive them in a fresh way and in a new way. A, a way that restores unto them the joy that only comes from relationship with you. Lord Jesus, this morning I pray for those who need you. I pray for those who need a miracle in their I pray for for those who need something to shift in their life right now God I pray that you're alive that you've made yourself available to us and today we take more than we think that we deserve everyone keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed for just a second I'd like to ask you this morning if you've made your peace with God if you're walking in a relationship with him where you know that you know that you know that you know that that your life is right with him. If you don't know today, then what I'd love for you to do is step step beyond this question mark in your life and step into this place of certainty where you are embraced and received by a God who loves you. to do do this, it it means that you're doing what people for 2,000 years have done. People that are in heaven now. People that follow Jesus. People all around the world. People come to a place where they recognize their own brokenness. Their own sinfulness. Their own own life and they say, I want to exchange this life of mine for the life that you have for me, God. I, I want to fully embrace the love that you have for me and the forgiveness that you have for me. If that is you this morning and under the sound of my voice you hear love expressed, love lost and now love realized if that's you this morning would you just lift your hand and say yes I want to be saved, I want to give my life to Jesus would you just lift your hand so I can see it wherever you are, thank you, just keep them up for just a second I'm just going to count them out as I see them, thank you thank you, just keep them up, thank you, thank you thank you, thank you thank you Fred, thank you thank you Thank you. Christian's praying. Thank you, friend, there in the back. Thank you. God is working. Thank you. Thank you, friend, there in the middle. Thank you. And keep him up. I want to see you. Thank you. Beautiful. Church, would you pray with me together? And for those of you who just lifted your hand, I'm going to ask that you would pray this together with me and with all those around you, this is, this is a prayer. This is not like, like a magic wand that I wave over you. This is, this is a connection and a moment where all of your eternity is connected to. This is what, what God teaches us. That everything hinges on this moment right here in life, this proclamation and declaration that Jesus is Lord over our life. And, and from this moment, he begins to work in us in a new way as his Holy Spirit comes into our lives begins to change us from the inside out church can we pray Lord Jesus this morning I give you my life I thank you for love expressed for love lost and love realized this morning I ask for your forgiveness I ask you to cleanse me make me new Lord, fill me with your spirit and change my life. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, amen, amen, amen. Amen, church. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.